start. Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you, Father God. Praise you, Lord, for the Psalm, Lord, which reminds us, Lord, of our confused state, Father God. Lord, which reminds us, Father God, of how, Lord, we handle, Father God, when we are, Lord, in the place of despair, when we are, Lord, in a place of confusion, when we are, Lord, in the place of doubt, Father. And I thank you, Lord, for this marvelous Psalm, Lord, that you have given us, Father God. To look back, Father God, and to count on your faithfulness, Lord, not just now, but forever, Father God, that you are a faithful God, Father. Lord, I pray, Father God, as we, Lord, reflect and as we speak, Lord, your words here, Father God, that you have placed, Father God, I pray, Father God, for your Holy Spirit, Lord, to empower, Lord, each and every word, Father God. And I pray, Father God, that it will touch our hearts, touch our minds, Father God. And I pray, Father, that, Lord, you will lead, Lord, this call, Father. Submit, Lord, this time to you, Father. And pray all of this, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. So good evening, everyone. We'll be looking at Psalm 89. So what do we see in Psalm 89? Verses 1 to 37, we see the tone is so upbeat. He talks about faithfulness of God, as I mentioned in the intro, all those uh, verses, many, many, many times he talks about faithfulness of, uh, of our God. And many times he talks about for, forever. So we can see the tone is so upbeat till verse 37. And the upbeat tone is making us to worship God. It is a praiseworthiness, holiness talks about. He talks about righteousness. He talks about faithfulness and goodness of God is expounded in from verses 1 to verse 37. But starting with verse 38, and count to the end of the text, what we see here is our text does a 180 degree turn. After repeatedly praising God for his goodness, love and faithfulness, the psalmist all of a sudden breaks down. And from his sobbing lips comes questions after question pertaining to where God's love and promises for deliverance has gone. So he, he, he reminds God as if he's a God who forgets. He goes and reminds God, God, what happened to the promise you made? Because why? Because where he is, the situation is making him to doubt God's goodness, doubt God's faithfulness. Even till verse 37, he was praising God. And then he goes right downhill. There is a tone of despair, desperation, pain, confusion and a sense of being abandoned by God is what we see in the rest of the verse. So on the first half we say, we see that the psalmist is, is commitment to praise God and worship God. And in verses one to two, the psalmist says, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever with my mouth. I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you establish your faithfulness in heaven itself. And also he goes on to say the number of reasons for why God is praiseworthy. He says, he talks about the wonders of his creation. He talks about the power and might. He talks about the victories over the enemies. He talks about the majesty over the sea and the world. He talks about God's justice, holiness, righteousness, goodness and faithfulness to his promises. And he talks about God's mercy. 
there are other verses which talks about god's mercy and his favor how he lavished on david and the eternal kingship he promised to him he rem he reminds also to god about how god made the covenant promise with david the one who wrote psalm 89 was not ignorant of the word of god because if he was ignorant he won't be in such an upbeat from verse 1 to 37 this psalmist knew the word of god his in depth knowledge of the covenant god made with david and his meditation on the holiness righteousness and faithfulness and mercy of god indicates that he is knowledgeable of god and the scriptures then he later ends up in questions of the question pertaining to where god's love and promises for deliverance has gone again we see the tone of despair desperation pain confusion and a sense of being abandoned by god is expressed by the psalmist so the question is can god be counted on to keep his promise promises not just promise can god be counted on to keep his promises psalm 89 is a psalm where we see the psalmist oscillating in his assurance on jehovah whether this jehovah can be counted on to keep his promises the one who is known generation after generation to keep his word no matter what dark grave you are in i just want you to listen he said he will raise his son on the third day and he did it he said the sickness is not to end up in the death but for the glory of god and he did it by raising lazarus from the death from the death and bringing glory upon god so what made the psalmist to doubt that god is not the keeper of his word god is not the keeper of his covenant that god is not the keeper of his promises what was it that brought the psalmist into that unstable area of his faith why did he allow his faith to oscillate like a fan it was the struggle that he was facing and it was the enemy he was facing the psalmist is saying yes god has promised yes god has made a covenant but what i see with my human eye is israel is in a ruined condition what i see with my human eyes is that is that an impossible thing before me what i see with my human eyes is there is a mighty mountain standing before me what i see with my human eyes is that the enemy is playing here what i see with my human eyes is there is a greater force that is stronger than me is that is standing against me the psalmist human eyes could not see through the ruined condition of israel to behold the promise that jehovah has made his spiritual voice was eyes was obstructed by the ruined condition of israel is there any similarity for us with the psalmist does our spiritual eyes get obstructed when we see a mountain all of a sudden just comes boom right on front of our face how is your spiritual vision and i just want to let you know that the god who served the mighty jehovah the god who created you the god who created me the god that went to the extreme to be naked on the cross for you and me to go through all the shame and mockery to go through all the nasty words and people mocking at him and spitting on him and blindfolding and beating him and even tearing his robe 
I just want to let you know that the God who serves is an active God, even when you think he is not. You might be facing demons. You might be facing the worth of the enemy right in front of your eyes. You might be facing a great mighty obstacle right in front of your eyes. You're trying everything, but the doors are not opening. You are going from one doctor to the other, but there is no solution. You are waiting for so many calls for your interview, but you are giving interviews, but nobody is hiring you. You might be waiting for something where you are seeing that everything is, all the doors look shut. And you are also like the psalmist asking, where is this God that I serve? Where is this God that promised to not leave me nor forsake me? Where is this God who said that he will carry me when I'm going through tough times, that he'll carry me across the waters, that he will be with me through the fires. He will, he will uphold my hand with his victorious right hand when I'm walking through this waters. Where is this God? And I want to let you know that the God that you serve, the God that you committed your life to, the God that you said when you took baptism here on, he is my savior. That God is active in your life. Even when you think he is not, even when your circumstances is showing he is not, I want to tell you that he is active and you also know that. But at times because of the pressures you are going through, because of the challenges you are facing, we end up like the psalmist. God, where are you? Are you even listening to my prayers? We can rely on God to do as he has said. It is his nature to be faithful. He will never let us down. We may lose our health. We may lose our job. We may lose our friends. We may lose everything, but we will not lose God. He is an unchanging God in a changing world. He is an unchanging God. You know, you know in this country, especially, we see so much uncertainty. Everything could change. Tomorrow, you, will be, you could be without a job, without a house, without a good health. But one thing doesn't change us is that no matter what tomorrow brings, this unchanging God is with you in this changing world. So coming back, the psalmist is questioning God, Lord, you made a covenant with Israel. Where are you? You promised about David's line. But what I see now is your promise is not coming through. God, where are you? So the question is, are you a person of your word? Why I'm asking this question is, even though the psalmist praises God and reminds God of the covenant God has made with the house of David, in spite of all the praises and remembering the covenant he lacked in application. Verse 1 to 37, he praises God in a mighty way. He remembers the covenant and everything. But what he lacked is to apply who this God is in his life. He knew who God is and he remembered the promises of God. But when it came to standing on the promise in the midst of the adversity, but when it came on to standing on the promise in the middle of the storm, but when it came to standing on the promise in the middle of the fire, the psalmist fails. He fails to stand on the promise that God has made to him, God has made to the nation of Israel. You know, I won't talk little of the psalmist because there's a lot of similarities between us and the psalmist. And there's a lot of similarities between Peter, what, has been, what we know about Peter in the gospel and the psalmist. 
and this all boils down to thing that you are human and i am human and god is not matthew chapter 16 13 when jesus came into the region of cisidia cisidia philippi he asked his disciples saying who do men say that i the son of man am so they said some say john the baptist some elijah and others jeremiah or one of the prophets but he said to them but who do you say that i am our lord as a way of asking question he gets straight to what is important and peter was re- really set up to answer this question actually this was the most important question peter was ever asked in his life and that is the same question god asks us all the time when you face your problems who do you think i am in fact it is the most important question any of us could ever be asked as well and simon peter asked answered and said you are the christ the son of the living god nobody answered like how peter answered and jesus answered and said to him blessed are you simon bar jona for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven why am i bringing this story here because i just want to show you the resemblance of us the resemblance with peter and our resemblance with the psalmist and and in john 668 the simon peter answered him lord to whom shall we go though has words of eternal life and we believe and are sure that thou art christ the son of living god again why am i bringing here this is how we make the declaration who god is for us but later on we are going to see how we become like peter and how we become like the psalmist from verse 38 on matthew chapter chapter 26 and jesus said to them this very night you will all fall away on account of me for it is written i will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered but after i have risen i will go ahead of you into galilee peter said to him even if all fall away on account of you i never will truly i tell you jesus declared this very night before the rooster crows you will deny me three times peter replied even if i have to die with you i will never deny you and all other disciples said the same thing peter was a leader and he made all others to say the same thing and then we all know the rooster did crow and what did he did he did he denied jesus when they came to arrest christ everybody fled and there is also says in one of in john i believe it says that the disciples they even left the robe and ran away and when the girl noticed servant girl on notice and she said this man was one of jesus follower peter said i don't even know him after a while someone else looked at him and said you must be one of them i am not peter replied someone else instead that you must be one of them because he is a galilean too but peter said i don't know what you are talking about and while he was still speaking the rooster crowed at that moment jesus turned and looked at peter suddenly his words flashed through peter's mind before the rooster crows you will deny three times that you even know me peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly the embers of a charcoal fire provide the background as peter washed his hands of jesus in an almost unbelievable act of denial utterly devastating moments in the life story of a man who jesus chose trained and trusted so the question is are you a person of your word 
we all can resonate with peter how we say lord we will die for you lord i will give this for you lord no matter what i will not deny you but when the rubber meets the road where are we not everyone is a person of their word many people are unpredictable undependable impulsive and unstable they are hot one day cold the next they change their opinions and positions change is a constant of life but god is a rock of stability this psalmist thought that this god that he was praising till verse 37 he thought that he is a god that is changing that he, this god is not stable but what do we know about this god just reading the psalm and reading what god has accomplished in our life we know that this god this great rock this mighty god is a rock of stability if he says he will do it he will do it we can rely on him to do as he has said it is in his nature to be faithful god said it and i believe it and that's what how we need to be he will never let us down we can say that about people in malachi chapter 3 verse 6 god god says clearly i the lord do not change so god speaks contrary to what our senses will tell us sometimes god is faithful to his promises he always keeps his word because what we see here is here the author is the psalmist is struggling here to put his faith to stand on the promises of god but if you look back the bible it itself is a record of god's faithfulness to his word and when we look back to the scriptures right from genesis and across across till to the new testament we see the conclusion we can make that god is faithful he is true to his word down to the smallest of details in psalm 145:3 it says the lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made 2 corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 has a special relation to psalm 89 and in 2 corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 it says for no matter how many promises god has made they are yes and amen in christ so i just want to take hold if you are in the middle of a storm if you are in the middle of a fire if you are oscillating on standing upon the promises of god if you are asking god lord where are you lord are you hearing my prayers lord bend down your ears to me and rescue me speedily lord i am facing a dark giant before me and i just want to assure you that whatever promises god has made for your particular situations he will come through and again what is the psalm 89 the 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 whole thing is about it is about the promise the special promise god has made to david that he would have a throne that would last forever and that a king of the line of david would reign eternally while the author's the psalmist perspective is that god's promises looks to be in danger of failing because what he is seeing is ruins what he is seeing is impossibilities right in front of his eyes so what is happening is he is thinking that whatever promises god has made for him it is in danger of failing as if he is thinking that he can come and hold the promises god has made the reality is that king jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of god promise and what 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 the psalm wants us to 
echo in our hearts and mind that God will never, never abandon you, contrary to what you might be thinking, facing your giant right now. No matter what you're facing, the promise that you, he has made to you, you might think it is in danger, dangerous condition. It is going to fail. God is not going to come through. But just I want to assure you again and again and again, he's a keeper of his word. He will never abandon you. The covenant Jehovah made with the Israelites through the line of David, he fulfilled it by sending his son to the world and fulfilled it far beyond human expectation, far beyond the psalmist expectation. He not only gave eternal life to the Israelites, but to us also who are not Jews. It did not happen in the psalmist time. It happened in God's timing. And that is marvelous because you and I get this holy privilege to uphold the divine word of God in our unholy hands, holding the holy living word of God. That is the privilege we have God. That God did not answer the pray prayers of psalmist when he was praying. God's timing is always perfect. If it would have happened when the psalmist was complaining in Psalms 89, I don't think the results would have been the same as it is today. Praise God who does not listen to human beings and there is no one who can give him counsel. You know, we can see this mighty God coming back again and again saying that I am faithful, I am faithful. Even though in a totally overwhelming condition and totally confused condition, God is a faithful God. As Job stayed, stayed faithful to God during his time of trial and testing, there is no indication in the text that the author is going to abandon God. Rather, it is pretty clear that he is going to stay faithful regardless of the amount of pain in which he finds himself. That is Job. In Psalm 89.34, my covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. In Genesis chapter 2, God made a covenant with man with obedience attached as the condition for its continued observance. In Genesis chapter 9, God made a covenant with Noah that there would not be another flood. And, and in Genesis chapter 12, God made a covenant with Abraham and his descendants. And because of our God is a covenant keeping God, that covenant is still in existence till today. In Genesis chapter 12, we see the covenant where God said, those who curse you, I will curse. Those who bless you, I will bless. Now we have a new covenant, a spiritual covenant of God in Christ with his followers. The day you gave your life to Jesus and became born again, you enter into a covenant relationship with the God Almighty through Jesus Christ. Sometimes we are going to think to ourselves, where is that promised light that God said, where is, how is promises going to come through? When I'm going to get out of this darkness? And the same thing the psalmist was thinking, and he started to doubt God's goodness, doubt God's promise. And he asked, God, where are you? Are you going to stick with your word? Because what I'm seeing, it looks like your, your promise that you made, it's heading towards danger. This is a story about the Spafford family. And if anybody knows the song, It Is Well With My Soul, this is an old hymn. Having lost in a fire virtually everything they owned, the Spafford family made new plans 
including a move from Chicago to France. Herotius Pafford planned the trip for his wife and four daughters to be as trouble-free as possible. To transport them from America to France, he booked passage on a huge ship and made sure they had Christians with whom to fellowship in route. He planned to join them a few weeks later. In spite of much careful preparation, Mr. Spafford's plan suddenly dissolved when the ship carrying his loved ones was ramped by another vessel and sank, carrying his four beloved daughters to the bottom. Anyone who has ever had their plan disrupted understands what the condition would be of Spafford's. And he penned this hymn when the ship passed over the watery grave of his four daughters. He said, it is well with my soul. And that is how that song came in. Lamentation 3.22 says, through the, through the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. What we see here is God was chastising the Israelites for what they did. He was not utterly destroying them, but he was correcting them. There is a difference between both. But when the psalmist saw the Israelites' condition, where they were, he was thinking that God's promise was headed towards danger, not knowing that this God knows how to keep to, with his promise. This God knows how to stick to this word. This God knows how to be faithful to his words. You might be going through something in your life and you might think, where is God? When we go through trials, when we go through testing, when we go through fire, it always the question is, where is God? And I want to let you know, he's a God who is active and he's a God who is always next to you. You know, when you go to the doctor's office and when they say that, you know, you're diagnosed with so-and-so, I can say for from my life, it was with Joseph 22 years back when he was diagnosed with cancer. The doctor said that you are in the last stage of cancer and all your body is, is with all the lymph nodes are swollen. You are in the last day, last stage. And, and Joseph said, no, I don't have cancer. Even though the CT scan proved that he has cancer, he didn't want to believe that. And that is how we are. We have so much sins inside our life that we toy with. And when God says, what I'm going to allow in your life is not to put to utterly take you off my eyes. It is to cleanse you. It is my punishment is not to, not to take you away from my, uh, my eyes. My punishment is to refine you. My punishment is to clean you. What you are going through right now is not going to be for harm. It is all going to be good for you. God sees what we don't see. And when we are going through something, and as I brought the incident with the, with the doctors and um, what the doctor told Joseph, what that is, is that we are having something, some sickness inside, and we need medicine to cure that. And that is how, when we, when we go through a test, we go through trials, when we go through fire, there is something in our life that God is not pleased with us. It is like a medicine that he wants to give 
to us and he wants to cure us. He wants us to be a perfect bride without any blemish. He wants us to be holy so that he can commune with us. It is not for him to utterly wipe us out. No, he didn't do that with the Israelites and he doesn't do that with us. We go through trials in this life. We go through testings in this life. We go through difficulties in that life so that our eyes will turn towards the holy God, so that our eyes will turn towards the mighty God, so that we let go, so that all the pride, the stubbornness, the ego, everything is stripped out of us. And we go before God humbly, and that is what he did to me. And that is what he did to Joseph also. God stripped every single thing that was standing between me and him. Was it hard going through that? Yes, it was hard. But today, if I look, when I look back, is, was it good? Yes, it was good. It is the great work he did in my life. So no matter what you're going through, I just want to let you know, don't question God. Don't think his promise is going to disappear. Don't allow your hopeless condition to question this unfailing God. Don't let pain and confusion to let you be in a sense that you have been abandoned by God. Don't let what your struggles or anything to make you feel that God is abandoning you. No, he never abandons his children. He corrects us. He trains us. He molds us. He puts us into fire so that we will become 100% pure. It does not mean he's abandoning us. It is his true love for us. His promises will stand even through fire, even through no matter what you're facing. When he says, I will never fail you, he will not fail you. He will never fail the souls that trust in him. Though disappointments come and hope burns dim, he never fails. Though trials surge like stormy seas around you, those testing fires like ambush foes around you, Yet, you need to tell your souls that he will never fail you. He has never failed anyone who has trusted him. No matter what thunder or lightning you're facing, you got to remember this God that you serve, he'll never fail. He will be with you till the end of the earth. No, not only that, as the psalmist said, his faithfulness lasts forever. The promise that he made that you will live in his presence it will last forever, forever and faith forever. This God will not leave you nor forsake you. You have to remember to put those two words like Hudson Taylor in your, in your doors. Ebenezer and Jehovah Jireh. Those were the two words that Hudson Taylor had in his house. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. And the second is, the Lord will see to it or provide. And I love in Tamil, it says, you know, You know, if you are going through something in your life, I just want you to hold on to this Ebenezer. I just want you to hold on to this Jehovah Jireh, the God that has helped you thus far will help you where you are right now. And this God who is a Jehovah Jireh who has provided for you thus far will provide for you.
Ebenezer means one look back while the other looked, while Ebenezer is looking back. And Jehovah Jireh means looking forward. That is what Hudson Taylor had in his house. And this psalmist, even though he praised God till verse 37, but verse 38, 38 on, it was just downhill. He forgot to look to his God, who is Ebenezer, and to look forward to his God, who is a Jehovah Jireh, and to know that this God, who is faithful, that has been repeated in continuously in the Psalm, seven verses, that this God is a faithful God. And in eight verses, it is repeated that he is a God who keeps his faithfulness forever. So I just want to remind you, no matter where you are, never judge God's faithfulness on the basis of what you see or how you feel. Your problem is small compared to this mighty God. Hold on to him. Don't lose hope. Don't go downhill. Don't question him. Even when your eyes are saying the promises that he made to you is going to fail, that it is hitting danger zone. But I just want to remind you, this God is a God who comes in the last minutes and he will make you to take off if you continuously hold his hands. You will take off with his strength. You will fly in a new level with his strength. You will walk on high ground because you trusted on him. And I request you to again hold on to this Ebenezer, hold on to this Jehovah Jireh, a God who don't know how to fail on his word, who don't know how to go back on his word. He is a God who will never fail you nor forsake you. Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful psalm, Father God, that you have given us, Father God, where you show us, Father God, that the trials, the testing, the fire, the darkness, the pit we are in, Father. It is for your glory, Lord. It is not to break us. It is not to make us disappear from your presence. You are seeing something in us, Lord. And you are cleansing us, Father. Lord, this, whatever the trial, it's like a medicine for us. Your correction is like a medicine for us to be healed, to be well, to be restored into a beautiful children of you, Lord. I pray, Father God, for each one of the members, Lord, who are going through trials, who are going through testing, who are going through fire, who are facing demons, Lord, who are, Lord, in the grave pit, Father God. I pray, Father God, no matter what darkness they are facing, Father God, that they will hold on to you, Father God, and know this God doesn't know how to fail his children. This God doesn't know how to abandon his children. This God is a trustworthy God. He will never fail you. He will never forsake you. He will never abandon you. No matter what you see, Lord, I pray, Father God, bless us, Lord, with an immense faith and strength, Father God, in you, Father God, that we will stand upon the promise, Father God, that we will not question you, where are you, God, because we know you are an active God, you are a God who never sleeps first. Help us to recall, Lord, everything that you have done so far, what the Ebenezer has done, so far and why can't I trust you for tomorrow because you are the Jehovah Jireh. Lord, I pray, Father God, make us to hold on to you, Lord. Make us to be the hope 
to the people lord who are shaking around us father god and to build their hope in you father god make us lord to be that kind of an instrument lord not to make the people's faith weak or make them father i pray father god may the psalm lord make us lord to come back and stay even that was one to was 37 lord i pray for your blessing and your protection over a group that we will not head towards was 38 on we will put a stop on was 37 and we will stand there father with 100% assurance lord that this god is worthy of praise this god alone is worthy of our worship father lord i pray father god for your blessing father god upon all the leaders father god and upon sabla lord as she has prepared the sheet lord and upon each one of our next level families lord that we will hold on to you lord upon your promise father god with 100% assurance lord that this god will not fail us never never fail us i pray all of this lord in the mighty name of jesus christ i pray amen